800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. These are the stories we're following this hour. The Juneau Police Department responded to an altercation on Wednesday night. Sitka and Juneau residents got a bit of a shakeup last night, and Representative Sarah Hannon joined Action Line. But first, Wednesday night at around 8.28 p.m., a public safety dispatcher received a 911 call from a woman reporting that her husband had been in an altercation with an unknown man near 35 Mile Glacier Highway. Juneau Police Department officers and Capital City Fire Rescue were dispatched to the area. The suspect is still at large, likely out the road in the area of the Burners Bay cabin. JPD's public safety manager, Aaron Kawera, provides more details on this active investigation. The investigation revealed that a 72-year-old man saw a subject trespassing on his property. The man contacted the male subject and an altercation ensued which involved the property owner's handgun. The property owner sustained non-life-threatening injuries, including a gunshot wound to the head. He was treated and released at the scene by CCFR. Prior to officers' arrival, the suspect fled the scene in a smaller silver truck. Officers and detectives worked through the night and located and impounded a truck matching the description of the suspect's vehicle. The weapon used in the incident was also located and seized. The suspect is believed to have sustained a non-life-threatening gunshot wound to his hand. The investigation into this case is continuing. Anyone with information regarding the incident is encouraged to call JPD Dispatch or submit anonymous tip through Crimeline. She explains why more information on the suspect has not yet been provided. When we make an arrest, we can definitely release a name. Uh, If we have a person of interest, we will generally release their name and descriptors when we need assistance locating them. And at this point in time, that's not something we're prepared to do. Sitka and Juneau residents got a bit of a shakeup last night at 10.46 p.m. as a magnitude 5.9 earthquake occurred south of town, about 45 miles northwest of Port Alexander. The earthquake had a depth of 12 miles. There is no tsunami warning, according to the National Tsunami Warning Center. Alaska Earthquake Center's communication manager, Elizabeth Nadine, gives more details on this event. It's been reported as felt by almost 600 people in the area. So, you know, um, although they reported as weak to light shaking, it's significant that that many people, you know, reported it as felt. It is the biggest earthquake in Alaska so far this year. It's also the biggest in that region in about a decade. She also explains why no tsunami was triggered by this event. It was on the Queen Charlotte Fault. So in this part of Alaska, the Queen Charlotte Fault forms the boundary between the Pacific Plate and the North American Plate, and it's a strike-slip fault. So the Pacific Plate is moving northward, and the North American Plate is moving southward. Um, So it's all lateral or horizontal motion. There's no vertical motion, which is why it doesn't trigger any kind of um, uh, what we call tectonic tsunami. Usually, tsunamis become a concern at 7.0 magnitude earthquakes. Nadine says aftershocks are expected this week. So I would say it's almost guaranteed that people will feel light aftershocks in in the next week. 
You can keep up to date on the Alaska Earthquake Center's website or the U.S. Geological Survey's website. Representative Sarah Hannon joined Action Line a week before the legislative session begins. She recapped a town hall on Wednesday night, which went over the governor's proposed budget that was released in December. A main focus of the town hall was education funding, following the news that the Juneau School District is facing about a nine million dollar deficit. The governor's proposed budget has us about a billion dollar shortfall um, between our revenue predictions and what his govern the the budget is and you know the term flat funding in that things aren't increasing but in some areas there's a decrease from the previous year because last year we uh, successfully included additional money for public school funding the base student allocation referred to as the BSA Um, even though the governor vetoed some of that money there was still additional money but it was not written into the statute right so the governor went back to what the statute says, so zeroed it back out. So it is below, the education funding right now is substantially below what we funded it last year because it's what the formula says, not what we funded it at. Hennen also gives her thoughts on the school district's deficit. It's shocking. It's heartbreaking. It's uh, a, a very challenging situation. Um, and, you know, both between our lack of funding, keeping up with, um, you know, we had a deficit from last year, and we kind of knew that. But there seemed to be some, um, you know, arithmetic errors. Uh, that's probably not the right word for accounting and auditing, but some fundamental math mistakes were made that led to a new audit finance director being able to calculate that we are going to have over a $9 million deficit um, in six months remaining in a fiscal year. And the reality is that's virtually impossible to fix in that period of time. Coming up on Thursday, 25-year-old Darren Miller was sentenced by Anchorage Superior Court. That story next with Jordan Lewis when News of the North continues. On Thursday, 25-year-old Darren Mitchell Schmiller of New Salisbury, Indiana, was sentenced by Anchorage Superior Court Judge Andrew Peterson for the murder of 19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman near Thunderbird Falls in Chugiak, Alaska. Schmiller previously pleaded guilty to one count of solicitation to commit murder in the first degree. Evidence presented at sentencing shows that on June 2, 2019, Cynthia Hoffman was shot and killed on the banks of the Eklutna River near Thunderbird Falls. Schmiller's sentencing occurred over three days, and at sentencing, the state and Schmiller both presented evidence. The court was permitted to sentence Schmiller to a sentence of active imprisonment between 15 and 99 years. The state requested a sentence of 99 years with none suspended and an order of restricting Schmiller's eligibility for discretionary parole. Schmiller requested a sentence of 70 years with 20 years suspended. Several members of Cynthia Hoffman's family provided victim impact statements at sentencing. Her father, Timothy Hoffman, described her as his right-hand man. Her uncles described her as precious, vibrant, beautiful, and fun-loving. U.S. Senators Dan Sullivan and Lisa Murkowski, as well as Representative Mary Peltola, welcomed the announcement that the University of Alaska Anchorage was selected by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security to lead a consortium of U.S. academic institutions and other partners to form a new center of excellence focused on Arctic research. The Arctic Domain Awareness Center will be awarded $46 million over a 10-year period to provide research and educational resources for DHS and other Homeland Security stakeholders to advance infrastructure and operational missions in the Arctic. 
According to DHS, the ADAC Arctic will foster collaboration between government agencies, industry partners, local and indigenous communities, and academic institutions, bringing together experts from several fields, including cybersecurity, emergency management, and maritime security. The center will further develop homeland security in the Arctic by engaging in necessary research and providing education. And the Juno Lyric Opera joined Capital Chat yesterday talking about an upcoming performance tomorrow at Chapel by the Lake. David Kingliosi is an internationally acclaimed opera star, and he talks about his experience. It really is a lifelong experience that involves training, uh, vocal training, language study. It's, it's really unique um, still, and I think that's what captures people's fascination about the classical vocal arts, is that we very traditionally do not use any amplification whatsoever. So when you're in these big opera houses, like, like the Metropolitan Opera in New York, it's 4,000 people. you got a big orchestra that's playing down in the pit, and all those voices on stage, they're not amplified. So we have to be heard, and it's, it's, an, it's a thrilling experience for the audience members. They are also welcoming other local performers on the stage. Cagliosa has performed in Alaska before, including Juno. The thing that is so gratifying is that I find incredible talent everywhere I go. But in states like Alaska that are, you know, they're not the lower 48, um, people would be surprised what you've got up here as far as, you know, superb talent. And so we just like to find them and showcase them. I give them some voice lessons. We do some coaching. I'll, I'll work with a bunch of younger students on, you know, the, the next day on Sunday in a big master class so they can um, learn some extra tips. So it's, a, it's, it's kind of a community-based um, effort. The performance will begin at 7 p.m. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website at KINYradio.com.